Laudetur Jesus Christus. Praise be Jesus Christ. Father Nathan, come to you from All Saints Catholic Church on Holy Tuesday. And we hear a lot, obviously, in Holy Week about Holy Thursday, Good Friday, Holy Saturday, and of course, the Vigil on Easter. But we don't think often about um, Holy Week encompassing also Holy Monday and Holy Tuesday. So I'd like my reflection today to be on how we can really enter into the mood of Holy Tuesday. Um, and first, I thought we'd talk about the prophecy of Daniel, because I've had many people saying to me, well, how is it possible that we could have all masses taken away from us in this time? Um, and one thing to remember is this isn't the first time that the people of God have had the sacrifice removed from them. And I was in conversation with someone the other day when I realized this uh, from them. It really transformed my understanding of what is taking place right now. Now, if you remember, it was on um, March 16th when Archbishop Sample, uh, he was the, one of the first in the West to say that we're going to be suspending masses. And then on March 17th, the very day after that, Bishop Peter, the Bishop of Boise of Diocese, Diocese Boise, um, he suspended all masses. And by the following, by that weekend, these that was on a Monday and a Tuesday, and by that weekend, all of the masses in America and much places for all over the West had been, um, public masses had been canceled due to the coronavirus. It was a total blackout of the United States. We've never seen anything in the history of um, our country in such a way as that. And this is the reading of that Tuesday when Bishop Peter canceled the Masses. And I just want to read the first reading to you. It's from uh, Daniel 3, 25 and 34 to 43. And this is at the point when all the three young men had been thrown into the fire and they prophesize and they cry out to God in prayer saying, it says, Azariah stood in the heart of the fire, praying aloud thus, Do not abandon us forever for the sake of your name, O Lord. Do not repudiate your covenant. Do not withdraw your favor from us. Because remember, they're, they're praying from a place of exile. This is during the first Babylonian exile that the Jews were going from. So they were in a desert land. They were away from the temple. The temple had been raised. They had no place to offer sacrifice. He says, Lord, we have become the least of all the nations. We are put to shame today throughout the world because of our sins. We now have no leader, no prophet, no prince, no burnt offering, no sacrifice, no oblation, no incense, no place where we can make offerings to you and win your favor. So in other words, we have nothing to offer in this time, no external religion, way of worship to give to you. Uh, so what are we supposed to do in this land of exile? He says, but may the contrite soul, the humble spirit, be as acceptable to you as burnt offerings of rams and bullocks, as thousands of fat lambs. Such let our sacrifice be to you today. And may it please you that we follow you wholeheartedly, since those who trust in you will not be shamed. And now we put all our heart into following you, into fearing you, and seeking your face once more. 
So it's so beautiful because they go from, they don't just say we've lost the temple, we've lost our priests, we've lost our prophets and our king and our land. We've lost our sacrifice. So we just sit here and wait for everything to be restored. It says, no, no. But may the contrite soul, the humble spirit, may this become the new burnt offering. My heart and my mind, everything I am, turn to you. Let me become the sacrifice that I can no longer offer externally on an altar through the priest. That was the very reading that was uh, in the first reading of Mass on March 17th, the day that all Masses in Boise were taken away, right? And soon after, all over the United States and many places of the world. So I think there's a very powerful message being offered there. And this is actually the goal of our sacrifice. So when we go to Mass, what we are doing is we're entering into the sacrifice of Christ on Calvary. The banquet aspect, you know, of the Eucharist comes in the fact that we are consuming the sacrifice that has been offered. Just as in Exodus, the people had to consume the lamb that was burnt up before they, or else the angel uh, would have consumed them. It wasn't enough just to slaughter the lamb and put its blood on the doorpost. They had to consume all of the lamb. Just as we, the banquet aspect of Mass comes from consuming the body and blood, soul and divinity of Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, who is offered in sacrifice on the altar and through whom we receive um, that one perfect sacrifice that is represented mystically on the altar when we go to Mass. But the goal of the Mass is not just the sacrifice that is uh, performed on the altar, but that we ourselves in receiving the body and blood, soul and divinity of Jesus Christ in the Holy Eucharist, that we ourselves would become a sacrifice. That's what St. Augustine talks about. He says that the external sacrifice that we give to God is meant always to transform us internally. And actually that's God's principal complaint in the Old Testament over and over again is you offer me lip service. You do all these external actions. You make all these sacrifices, but your hearts are far from me. You're just going through the motions. And it's in those times when we lose the external action, that's when we have the opportunity then to reevaluate our internal disposition. Am I truly living the sacrifice within me? Um, and that was St. Paul's uh, letter to the Romans. I urge you, dear brothers, offer your bodies as living sacrifices in word worship, as an acceptable sacrifice to our Lord in word worship. What's the word worship? The word become flesh, incarnation and then his total submission to the Father, and then his offering himself on the cross. The word worship is the second person of the Holy Trinity, come in the flesh, Jesus Christ, completely given over to the Father's will for the love of man and offered on the cross for our salvation. That's word worship. And St. Paul is saying, just as you enter into the word worship every time you go to Mass, you hear the word proclaimed, and then you see the word become flesh, on, in the form of bread and wine on the altar. You receive that. Now I urge you, dear brethren, Romans 12, I urge you, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. 
So this is the time for us to take the external sacrifice that has been removed publicly. We're still offering the sacrifice as priests every single day for all of you. But when we're no longer able to participate in that, uh, be there and receive his body and blood, now is the time, just like those in Daniel in exile, we must see how can I myself become that living sacrifice. And this is a, it's beautiful because this was also the psalm for today in the breviary that we priests pray. It was Psalm 40. And Psalm 40 is this great declaration of the prophet. Um, psalm 40, verse 7. Sacrifice or oblation you wish not, but ears open to obedience you gave me. Holocausts or sin offerings you sought not. Then said I, Behold, I come. In the written scroll it is prescribed for me. To do your will, O God, my God, is my delight. And your law is within my heart. So sacrifice or oblation you did not want for me. What did you want? Ears open to obedience. Holocaust and sin offerings you're not looking for. But what did I say? Behold, I come. Behold myself. I come to you to do your will, O God, is my delight. Your law is within my heart. That's the goal of all external worship, that everything is outside of me might come within my own heart and I might become the very thing that is offered. That's why Christ, he's, he's priest and victim. All the, all the priests of the Old Testament, they always offered a sacrifice that was outside of them. Christ is priest and victim because he offers the sacrifice on Calvary, but what does he offer? Himself. He becomes the victim. And we are all baptized into Christ as priest, prophet, and king right? by our baptismal promises. So uh, as a priest, I offer the sacrifice of Christ, his own sacrifice on the cross. Right? But by our baptism, we're all called to enter into that same priestly sacrifice of Christ, not offering just external, but primarily my own heart, my soul, my family, everything I am in, in uh, worship to God. So that's just the, the first point here that God knew that we were coming into this situation. And I, I, I uh, would recommend anyone, if you still have your Magnificats or go online, look at... Um, March 17th mass readings and you can see that Daniel reading right there on the very day that masses were were uh, public masses were taken away from our diocese and then by that following weekend no masses anywhere so what is left for us to do when we have no priest no prophet no land no temple no sacrifice well we must do exactly as uh, the Israelites did when they were in their Babylonian exile. But with contrite heart, Lord, with a pure heart, with a repentant mind, I offer myself. Let me become that very oblation that I can no longer offer on that altar in your presence. And on Holy Tuesday, this is the day... Um, Remember, Sunday, Palm Sunday, is when we celebrated Christ's triumphal entry into Jerusalem. Well, Monday, uh, at that, right after that happened, is when Christ 
curses a fig tree. It's really interesting. He curses a fig tree um, because it wasn't bearing fruit. And then he goes in and he, he turns over all the tables in the temple. That's what we um, kind of remember and celebrate on Holy Monday. And Holy Tuesday is the day when he's really getting into it with the Pharisees now. Because what's the problem? They were so stuck on the externals that they had totally lost the heart of the faith. That's the whole problem. It's what he says over and over the, again about the Pharisees. You whitewash tombs. Everything about you on the outside is beautiful. But you've lost your heart. You know, you do you have the love of my father is not in you, which is the worst thing that, you know, Christ could ever say to anyone who um, is supposedly uh, a devout Jew or, or Catholic. Right. The love of my father isn't in you, even though you're doing all these things inside, your heart is not in it. So the Pharisees were so wrapped on the outside, they had lost the internal worship, hearts contrite and humbled and truly obedient to the Lord. And so Jesus is getting in uh, the gospel. I, I suggest looking at Matthew 22. That's where he's going to be arguing a lot. Well, 21 into 22, it's just constant arguments with the Pharisees. And then finally, um, it, into 23, is like his final condemnation of the scribes and Pharisees, and what it comes down to, uh, it's the all the woe to you blind guides, woe to you scribes and Pharisees, you frauds, woe to you, um, you erect the tombs for the prophets and decorate the monuments of the saints, and you say that had I been in that time, I would have never shed that blood, but look at what you were doing to me, thus you fulfill yourself as, as murderers, your vipers, just like your, your forefathers. So he's saying you've totally lost the, the purpose of religion, which is the conversion of heart, obedience of mind to God, to offer him the sacrifice of our own conscience, our own heart, our own bodies. Everything was just external for them. So just as Daniel, in Daniel, they had to lose the temple, right? And uh, just as for us, we have lost external sacrifice, just recently, as Catholics, well, what happens on Holy Tuesday? Jesus departs from the temple precincts. It says, uh, beginning of Matthew 24, Jesus left the temple precincts then, and his disciples came up, and um, and they go out to the land of uh, the Garden of Gethsemane. And so what's takes place from chapters 24 until the end of 25 is often called um, the Olivet Discourses, chapters 24 and 25 of Matthew. And this is where he's constantly telling them to beware and to watch. Don't fall asleep. You know, that's a parable of the talents that were received and um, the teachings on the last judgment and uh, the, the wedding feast when he comes back and who will be awake, uh, the ten virgins. So he immediately goes into this attitude of, you do not know, look at the temple, everything's going to be destroyed. All these forms of external worship are going to fall away. And in this time, you need to watch and pray. Right. So you can't lean on the externals at this time. 
You have to take it from within you. And you also have to look at your own talents, right? So what if you received, um, he's done the parable of the silver pieces, talks about those uh, different servants who received different numbers of talents. And each one, when the master returned, was judged accordingly. Did they bear the, the fruit of what they were given? So it's a, a conscious exam. Am I taking advantage of the talents that I have received to offer back to God what is due to him when he returns? Have I been instructing my children in the faith? Do my children have a, a grounding on the faith outside of what they get from church on Sundays? Have I been taking up the responsibility of my domestic church? If someone were to walk into your house today, would they know without a doubt that you are a Catholic who's in love with Christ, in love with his teachings, in love with his cross? You know, what would be the primary, what's the primary places of your house where everyone gathers? What does it look like? Is it different from the pagans, in a sense, those who do not know God and do not love God? It, do you have a domestic church in your home where you can worship, where everything is becoming internalized? And then so the last thing after Jesus warns about all the tribulations that will come at the end of time, about the Antichrist, the rumors of war to be uh, um, aware of, and how many would be going through birth pangs before the second coming, nations rising against nations, there would come earthquakes and famines and pestilence and fearful events, many false prophets uh, would come in his name, there would be a great apostasy, many persecutions of the disciples, right? So it's not as if become, being a follower of Christ is going to get easier as time goes on, but it says when you get closer to the end time, many will fall away until the, finally the abomination of desolation would take place. So how can we prepare, how can we live Holy Week on Holy Tuesday? I think a really wonderful way to do that is just live it according to the chronology of the events that are taking place just as we looked on sunday at the entry of christ into jerusalem and then on monday uh you're reading the readings and it's um christ cursing the fig tree and going into the temple well today uh i'd suggest that you read from chapter around chapter 22 uh to 25 that's all that takes place on Holy Tuesday when Christ is uh, slowly getting pushed out of the temple by the Pharisees who refuse to convert, to let go of the externals and really go deeper into their own hearts of the faith. Um, so he's pushed out from the temple himself, just as many of us are now outside the temple at this time, unable to offer sacrifice. So pray over that. And you'll see the parable of the ten virgins, the silver talents, the last judgment. And ask the Holy Spirit, you know, am I ready for the second coming of Christ? Am I living the faith within my own heart? Um, what, what parts of me need to burn off? Where am I finding my weak, spot, my weak spots in this time of um, exile from the external worships that we can offer in Mass every weekend? Most of all, how can I have an ear open up to obedience? Because that, that's the goal. Sacrifice and oblation you did not want. But ears open to obedience you gave me. Where am I refusing to follow God in my life? And am I taking time to listen to His voice? 
ab audire. Obedience comes to listen. So am I taking time to pray every day, to enter into a relationship with God, and then hear what it is that he's asking of me? And that is how we enter in the true worship that all the externals are meant to take us into. Let us end uh, with one last final reading of that Daniel prophecy that came to us the very day that we lost our masses in Idaho. Lord, we have become least of the nations. We are put to shame today throughout the world because of our sins. We now have no leader, no prophet, no prince, no burnt offering, no sacrifice, no oblation, no incense, no place where we can make offerings to you and win your favor. But may the contrite soul, the humble spirit, be as acceptable to you as burnt offerings of rams and bullets, as thousands of fat lambs. Such let our sacrifice be to you today, and may it please you that we follow you wholeheartedly, since those who trust in you will not be put to shame. Amen.